0: Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. Amen many ready to enter into the um into the word i'm going to invite you to stand one more time and would you open up your bibles to john chapter 21 john chapter 21 so um two weeks ago we had easter we celebrated the resurrected jesus we talked about um the power of the resurrection i know last week you had a christ-centered sermon with pastor ruth and and today I uh, just felt led to talk about the resurrected Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And the scripture that we're reading here, it is believed it's about, about two weeks after the resurrection. About two weeks after the resurrection. Most of us know that after the resurrection, Jesus, he, uh, he appeared for, in and out for 40 days. For 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus appeared in and out. Uh, He was seen by different people at different times. This is the third time we're going to read today in John chapter 21. This is the third time that the disciples as a group see Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. The scripture tells us that throughout those 40 days, up to 500 people saw Jesus. And as you read uh, the scriptures, you'll see the encounters of some of Jesus' disciples with the resurrected Jesus after 40 days. We have what we call the ascension, when Jesus was raised to heaven and the disciples saw him ascend to heaven. And the angels there um, told them the same way that he ascended. One day he will descend, right? So um, in that gap of 40 days from the resurrection to the ascension, Jesus appeared to his disciples and to, uh, to different people at different times. John chapter 21 is one of those times when the resurrected Jesus appeared to his disciples. It is believed this is the third time that he appeared to them in a group. Let us read, starting at verse 1 through verse 16. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of, of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciples whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment. He was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, uh, but about a hundred yards off. Verse 9, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with Fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although they were so many, the net was not torn. Verse 12, Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, the, for your word, for it is life for us. It is a compass for us. It leads us and guides us. It speaks to us. Lord, Father, we just pray that we would open our hearts to hear the teaching that you have for us today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. So today our our theme is an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. An encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Like I shared with you, this was um, post-resurrected Jesus. Those 40 days he was appearing. We know that Jesus appeared to Mary on the day of, of the resurrection. He also appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. He appears to his disciples a number of times, and in our reading, it is the third time that he appears to the disciples as a group. He appears to them. Uh, he appears to them a number of other times before the ascension in Acts chapter one. The Bible tells us that he appeared to more than 500 people. This is uh, an interesting time for the disciples. Just try to put yourself in their place at this time. Try to understand the walk of the disciples at this time for three and a half years they have been walking with Jesus they have been learning from him they have been depending on him and now They're getting ready not to see him like that anymore. They don't see him every day in their lives anymore. Before, he was there every day with them, leading and teaching and encouraging. They were seeing the power of God move through Jesus for miracle, for restoration, for liberation. For three and a half years, this was their life, and now Jesus has resurrected, and he's kind of coming in and out. He's weaning them off. He's coming in. And now, um, Jesus had warned them that this time would come. In John chapter 13, 33, he says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer, he tells them, letting them know, hey, this is not always going to be. He was preparing them. But this was a, an anxiety in which they were currently now dealing with. They didn't know what to do anymore. They didn't know. They knew that Jesus had commissioned them, They knew Jesus had told them, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And they knew that there was a fresh wind of the power of God over their lives. They knew that Jesus had talked to them about the kingdom of heaven, but there was an insecurity about what was next. They didn't know what to do, so what did they do? They actually went fishing, because this is what they knew what to do. There was an insecurity of next, perhaps there was a, a fear of persecution. It, it, they did that to Jesus. They crucified Jesus. Will they do that to us? Perhaps they were even dealing with some guilt. Some guilt. Remember, at the crucifixion, they are all scattered. Uh, Peter denied Jesus. Maybe they were dealing with some guilt. You know, oh my God, we abandoned Jesus in his hardest time. They were dealing with some sadness. Some brokenness. Their world was changing, and they did not know how to handle it. Perhaps there's someone here today that this is a familiar condition for us. Maybe we're dealing with some insecurities about what will be next for us. Maybe we've gone through some traumas in our lives, some hardships in our lives, some, some, some highs, but we're dealing with some lows as well, and, and there's some insecurities about what is next for us, for our family, for our children, for me as an individual, I'm not sure. Maybe you're dealing with some fears. Maybe you've failed and you're dealing with the fear of failure, the guilt of failure. Maybe uh, someone has let you down. Maybe you've been betrayed and this is a new season for you and you're you're not really sure. You're dealing with some sadness. Uh, I want to remind you today that the resurrected Jesus met the disciples in his needs, in their needs, and he will meet us also in our needs. Let's look at the story just a little bit more we don't know exactly, but it's been about two weeks since Jesus resurrected. The disciples go back to what they No, They go back to fishing. After a night of fishing, they caught nothing, right? Jesus is on the shore. They're fishing throughout the dark t- night, and Jesus is on the shore, but they did not recognize him. As the sun was rising, Jesus is on the shore, and he tells them, hey, have you caught any fish? And they said, no. He says, throw the net on the right side, and the Bible says that their nets were full of fish. And John, the beloved, he recognized that it was Jesus, and he said, it's, it's Jesus. Uh, could you imagine the joy and the excitement? It's the resurrected Jesus. Peter was so happy, he puts his clothes back on, he throws himself into the water, and he comes and finds himself in the presence of Jesus. To their surprise, Jesus is cooking fish and bread, the very thing that they were toiling with all night long, the very thing they were looking for all night long, Jesus had at the shore. And he was cooking fish. And he tells them, bring some of what you have. Let's have breakfast together. Let's eat together. Let's share together. And then Jesus has this great conversation with Peter. And he says, do you love me? And uh, Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus tells him, take care of my sheep. And he asks him three times, do you love me? And Peter says, you know all things, Do you love me, you know all things, you love me, he says, yes, Lord, I I love you, right? He he tells them, I love you, he says, I've I've purposed you, take care of my sheep. It was an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. I want to share with you some observations, three observations this morning, what happens when there's an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And the church says, man, the first one is, the resurrected Jesus offers restoration, He offers restoration. We remember the story of Peter. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus was trying to reach, uh, Jesus was trying to teach Peter something that would help him in his future. And, And Jesus tells Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. So Jesus is trying to warn Peter Your coming days will be challenging. And he says, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And Peter answers very passionately, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and even to death. Passionately. And Jesus answered him, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Oh, He says, you will deny me three times that you even know me. So we all know this story. Um, Jesus was arrested. Peter was approached by a servant woman, something that she was a young girl, and says, this man was with them. He's one of them. This man was with him, talking about Jesus. And Peter says, Woman, I don't know him. And this happened three times. And on the last time, the Bible says, he hears the rooster crow and remembers the words of Jesus. I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you have known me. So now it's been about two weeks since this this has happened and in one conversation, Jesus restores Peter. In one conversation. I, uh, they sit down to have breakfast, and, uh, and they don't talk about the moment. Jesus looks at him and just asks, asks him one question. Hey, do you love me? And Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus tells him, go and feed my sheep. In one conversation, Jesus restores Peter. I love that Jesus did not waste his time with, I told you so. Now, if it was me and I'm Jesus, with my competitive spirit, I would have looked over at Peter and said, I told you so. Jesus did not look at Peter and say, hey, how are you going to make this thing right? How are you going to fix this? He didn't bring a guilt trip on him. Nope. he simply just asked him, do you love me? In one conversation, Jesus restores Peter and lets him know that the most important criteria for restoration is that you love him, that you love Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from God. I want to remind you that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the one that resurrected from the grave, his goal is to restore humanity back to the state of righteousness. And the most important criteria is this, that we would love Jesus. That's the most important criteria. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, when you were dead in your sins and in, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it on the cross. When we have no hope, when we had no hope, when we were dead in our sins, God made a way. Through Christ Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven. Our debt has been canceled. What sin destroyed, Jesus restores. When we choose to reject that grace, then we separate ourselves from Christ. But when we choose to receive the love of Christ and our willingness to love him in return, we embrace all that he has for us. Some have chosen to reject the grace of Christ, the love of Christ, the restoration of Christ. They've they've chosen to reject what Christ wants to offer us, to refuse restoration with Jesus, and what they choose is excommunication. What they choose is separation. Instead of peace, they choose to live in guilt. Instead of joy they choose to live in sadness. Instead of walking with God, they choose separation from God. Instead of life, they choose death. But an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, embracing the criteria of loving Him, returns to us the joy of our salvation. And this story reminds us that anyone can fail. Peter failed. And he walked with Jesus for three and a half years. No matter who you are here today, we're all capable of failing. There's not one person in this room or one person watching us online uh, that is spiritual enough or mature enough or lives a perfectly righteous life. No, we are all capable of failing God. And there's an opportunity For restoration, if today there's someone here that says, I'm far from God, there's an opportunity. Do you hear the words of Jesus speaking into your life this morning and just simply asking you, do you love me? Because he wants to restore us. No matter who we are, we can fail. The Bible says, for I do n- for I, Paul writes this in Romans, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I want to do, that I keep doing. Just talking about his spiritual battle. And Paul reminds us that there's no one righteous, not even one in Romans chapter 3. So maybe you're here today and you're far from God. Today I want to remind you that Jesus he resurrected 2,000 years ago and He is alive and well and He's attentive to each and every one, of us, every one of us who wish to have a conversation with Him, who wish to sit with Him, to talk with Him and hear Him ask us that question, do you love me? I love that in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it tells us, Jesus speaking, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open the door. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And that verse, here I am, exclamation mark, there is a shout on behalf of God where he is standing and he is shouting, here I am if anyone wants to have a relationship with me and they would invite me into their heart, invite me into their lives, I will come in and I will meet with them. Perhaps you're here today this morning and you feel that you're far from God. Today is a day of restoration. Today is a day where you can leave this place saying, Oh my God, He is the God of my salvation. Your your past sins do not identify you, but how you live today will make the difference. Maybe you feel far from God, but Jesus, He is alive and well. The tomb is empty. His presence dwells here today, and He offers us full restoration to Him. And the church says, An encounter with Jesus offers us full restoration. Number two, the the resurrected Jesus offers us purpose. He offers us purpose. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus commissions him then, and he says to him, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, take care of Of my sheep. Uh, Peter, do the work to which I have called you. I have called you to be a fisher of men. I have called you to feed my sheep. I have called you into the great commission. Don't let this past failure derail you. Remember, you have been saved for a purpose. Sometimes we have seen people go down a road that they don't believe they can come out of. Too many have let their past failures destroy the future work that God has with them. Some feel like I can no longer be who God has called me to be because of how I've lived or what I've done. I want to tell you here today that the resurrected Jesus still offers you purpose. I want to let you know, continue to be the one that God has called you to be. Our bad choices does not eliminate the good work that God has done in our lives. Christ still has a purpose with us. I want to let you know that the good work that God has done in our lives is not eliminated by one or two or three bad choices. He's still doing a good work in us. I have said this before. What defines us is not our failures but how we respond to our failures. I want to let you know here today that God has a purpose with each and every one of us. I want to remind you here today that God is intentional with our lives where he has placed us and he's called us for a beautiful purpose. I love that Jesus restores people throughout scripture. He looked at the adulterous woman and tells her, where are your accusers? I don't accuse you. Then he sends her off and he says, go, and sin no more. Jesus here is intentional, speaking into Peter's life. And he tells him, come on, let's have breakfast. Let's talk. Let's get this thing behind us. Because I got a purpose with your life. When we fail him, I love that Jesus looks for us. When we fail him, he, he doesn't abandon us, but he looks for us. He looked for Peter. He made an appointment to have breakfast with Peter because he wanted to let him know, I still have a purpose with you. I love that about Jesus. He looks for us. Even when we have failed him, he still wants to fulfill his purpose with us. He doesn't blackball us. He doesn't sideline us. He doesn't turn his grace from us or his face from us. No, he still wants to meet with us and he seeks us out to restore what has been lost. For anyone who has fallen, the story holds out the hope of pardon, of forgiveness through God's abundant grace if we return to him and respond to his words that say, do you love me? We can enjoy this purpose that he has for us and live out this life that God has called us to live, restore the purpose that he has with us, when we fail God, He doesn't harden His heart towards us. No, He opens up an opportunity even then to find us and find grace, offer us grace so that we can live this purpose, live out His purpose for our lives. And I want to remind the church this is not a license to sin or a license to fail. No. The Bible is clear also, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice of sins is left, but only a fear expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So it's not, it's not a license to sin or a license to fail, no. But it's someone that says, I've recognized that I've messed up. And I hear the words of Jesus asking me, do you love me? That is the criteria for full restoration and find ourselves in the presence of Jesus. And the church says, an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. An encounter with the resurrected Jesus offers full restoration. An encounter with the resurrected Jesus offers us full purpose. Our third and last point is the resurrected Jesus meets us at our needs. I remember uh, this story with so much love as as we see the disciples' condition. We remember the disciples' condition, insecurity of what is next, fear of persecution. They were dealing with guilt, uh, how they had abandoned Jesus, sadness as to their world changing, not knowing what is next. They had a need. They had a need. And Jesus reminds them of a few things. He reminds them of three things to meet them in their need. First, he reminds them that he will always be with them. He's letting them know, I know you're seeing me come in and out, but this is a reminder of my words that said, I will always be with you. And I love that uh, he lets them know, here I am this morning. In your loneliness, in your sadness, I find myself at this shore to remind you that I will always be with you. He doesn't commission us and abandon us. He's always with us. He knew exactly where the disciples were, and he knew how to meet them. Jesus had told them when he commissioned them, I will always be with you, and this was proof to them. When the sun rises that morning, and they find themselves at the shore, and Jesus was there, it was a reminder to them that God had told them, I will always be with you. Maybe you're here today and in this walk of life and this walk of faith that you're dealing with, I want to remind you here today that Jesus promises us that if we're obedient to the life that he has called us for, he will always be with us. Every person that God had commissioned, he tells them, you won't have to do this alone, a few of them. When he commissions uh, Joshua, he tells them, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be in fear and do not be dismayed. The Lord was telling Joshua, in this great plan, I will go with you. When God calls Isaiah the prophet, he tells them, so do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. When God uh, calls Joseph, he tells him, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. What a promise, what a blessing for us that Jesus reminds us that he will always be with us. The disciples had a need. They didn't know what would be next. They didn't know how they would handle what God has spoken to them. So he reminds them, I'm going to meet you in your need. And the first thing is, I'm always going to be with you. And then he tells them, I'm going to meet you in your need and I'm always going to lead you. You're not going to have to decide for yourself, but I'm always going to lead you. And how did he show them that? When they could not catch no fish. He tells them, Throw the net to the right side. And when they threw the nets to the right side, we know the story, their nets were full of fish. It was Jesus letting them know, my presence will go with you and my presence will lead you to all that is right and all that is just and all that is perfect and how to fulfill your purpose. I will lead you in everything that I am doing in your life. He tells them, throw the net to the right side. I want to remind you here today, no matter where your need is right now, no matter where you are in this journey of life, Christ will never leave you, and he will always lead you. Our job is to trust him. I love Solomon's words, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He always leads us. He always helps us. A relationship with Jesus allows us to be led by Him. We trust Him, and there we find His perfect will for our lives. Because an encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, He meets us in our needs. We're never alone. He always leads us, and He always supplies all our needs. He supplied the need that the disciples had. What was their need? They needed breakfast. They needed fish, right? And they were fishing all night long. And when they find Jesus at the shore, the very thing that they were trying to catch all night long, he had prepared for them already. And he says, here, come. Let's have breakfast. And letting them know, I'm going to supply every need that you have. Every need that you have the resurrected Jesus. He's not mystical. He's not historical. He's not far, far away. No, he's very personal and he meets the needs of his people. And I love that they had fished all night long, caught nothing. And uh, Jesus leads them to a full net of fish once they get to the shore. He's cooking fish for them, almost like to say the very thing that you've been looking for all night long, I had it for you right here. And I love that When they get close, Jesus tells them, bring some of your fish as well. He knew exactly how many were fishing, and he could have just brought and made enough for all of them. But he chooses to tell them, hey, bring some of your fish. In other words, we're going to do this together. You'll bring some of yours, and I'll be ready to help you here. And and together, we're going to live this life that we've called you to live. I want to remind you here today that the resurrected Jesus meets us in our needs. Maybe you're here today and you're battling in your faith. And you're battling in your faith and you're like, God, I need you. I want to I wanna be led by you. I want to live this life. I want to let you know that regardless of your need today, maybe you're dealing with insecurities, not sure about tomorrow. Maybe you're dealing with some past failures. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe God is doing something and you're, you're struggling in your faith. I want to let you know that the resurrected Jesus knows your needs, And he's going to meet you there. And he meets you there by telling you, you're not going to have to do this alone. He meets you there by telling you, listen, when you're doing it the wrong way, I'm going to lead you. Throw the net on the right side of the fish. And he meets you in your need by letting you know, I'm going to supply every need that you have. Because our Jesus, he is alive and well. The tomb is empty and his presence is real for us today. So we come forward and we have this relationship with him and it's not distant but it's personal and he knows our needs and he meets us there and the church says so as i close our teaching this morning an encounter with the resurrected jesus it's no little thing it's life changing the resurrected jesus offers us restoration maybe you feel like oh, man i'm lost I've made bad decisions in my life. I'm living a life that I I know doesn't please the Lord. I'm I'm making decisions that are are just hurting my family, hurting myself. I feel distance. I feel cold. I, I feel like I need something new. Do you hear the words of Jesus asking you, do you love me? It all starts there. Restoration starts with this vulnerability that says, okay, God, not my way, but your way. Yes, Lord, I love you. It's the only criteria that is needed for restoration. Yes, Lord, I love you. And he meets you there. And what I love about Jesus is that he seeks us out for restoration. He sets the appointment for us. You're here today because He set the appointment for you to be here this morning and hear His words that say, do you love me? Because He doesn't want you to leave the same way. But He wants you to leave having an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And He brings restoration. And not only does the resurrected Jesus bring restoration, but He also brings purpose. He lets you know, I got a purpose with you. Perhaps our bad decisions or choices or, or disobedience or laziness, it hasn't derailed my will for your life. Uh, he was telling Peter, hey, three and a half years ago, I looked at you and I said, I'm calling you to be a fisher of men. Today I look at you and I tell you, take care of my sheep. The call is the same. I'm letting you know that I am putting a purpose in your life that no one can change. All you got to do is embrace this purpose. Believe God for it. That's what an encounter with the resurrected Jesus offers us, purpose. In God's kingdom, it's His will. He leads us. He uses us for the glory of the Father and for the blessing of the church. And the resurrected Jesus doesn't just purpose us and say, hey, figure it out. But the resurrected Jesus meets us in our needs. He says, I know it's not going to be easy. I know you're dealing with some insecurities. I know you're dealing with some hardships. I know you're battling. I know it's not easy. For that reason, I'm going to lead you. For that reason, I'm going to be with you. You won't have to do it alone. For that reason, I'm going to lead you, tell you what you should do, when you need to do it, and I'm going to supply every need that you have to guarantee success in what I've called you to do. I'm going to meet you in your need that's what the resurrected jesus does perhaps there's someone here today who says and the lord is calling me he's calling me for a new life in him he's calling me for a new level in him i go to church i i hear the teachings i worship but he's calling me For more I want to let you know that the resurrected Jesus he is alive and well and today he's poured out his spirit upon all people and he's given us power and direction and he's given us purpose and all we have to do is embrace his words that say do you love me as we close out our teaching this morning maybe you're here this morning and the Lord is speaking to you Uh, what do we have to do it's embrace his word submission, obedience, okay God, not my way but your way, not my will but your will, disposition, availability, okay God, have your way with my life, a denying of our own desires, Lord I give it all to you, he meets us there to restore us and bring us to his perfect will for our lives that is the power of the resurrected Jesus for us this morning and the church says I'm going to invite you to stand this morning as we get ready to close our teacher maybe there's someone here today that the Lord is talking to you and you're saying this is for me and I would like prayer to help me apply God's word to my life as we sing this next song would you be so bold and come forward we want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today, and you are far from God. Maybe you're here today, and you feel like, man, the Lord is calling me. He's knocking at the door of my heart. I I sense the pounding of his presence that's drawing me to his perfect will would you be so bold and just humble yourself today and say okay God I surrender all and he will meet us there for the church maybe you're saying uh, I, I, I need prayer to apply the teaching to my life to move forward and believe God for all that he has that nothing derails his perfect will if I'm willing to submit what he wants to do in me and if you like prayer also the altar is open this morning as we sing this next song i want to invite you to join us at the altar if you would like prayer father we thank you for the teaching of your word we pray lord god that we would be doers of your word that we will respond according to your will for our lives father we thank you for the teaching this morning that reminds us that you are alive and well and still active in restoring your people, O oh Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.